You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 and 7 p.m. I also want to give just like a little intro to the season in case like you've never heard about Lent and um, have no idea why people would be interested in doing it in 2019. Um, I think that's actually a good question. Part of knowing how Lent got started is something that that helps me get into it. So I want to tell you that little story again. I know some of you have heard this, but Lent started out as a really communal thing. People did it to be in solidarity with one another in repentance and renewal. They, The church at the time was sending the worst sinners like out to pasture for four, the 40 days lead, leading up to Easter, like, like copying Jesus's time in the desert. If you, were a, if you were a bad offender, the church would kind of banish you for those 40 days and say, go, go like get right with God, sober up or like whatever you need to do to repent. And if you, if you get better, you can come back for, for the Easter celebration. The friends of the sinners decided that they wanted to go with them, that they wanted to be in solidarity with them in the desert because they loved them and they know they knew their friends needed support and they also knew that they needed to get well too, that they needed um, to, to repent and be renewed and come back to God in, in deeper ways. And so the church finally like realized the wisdom in that and kind of made it a, a season for everybody to um, go go to the wilderness, so to speak, learn how to rely on God again, and um, be renewed. And so that's that's why I get into it. Um, it's a good rhythm for me to like try something new every year in order to invite God to do something new in me and in the world. But I want to tell you tonight that it is not a ritual to perform. Lent is not a ritual to perform. And, and, and by the way, there's no, like, there's no holiness in observing it, really. Um, I, I think it's helpful, but it doesn't like, it's not going to, like, <laughs> I don't know, get you more brownie points with God or something to do Lent. But it's, not, it's definitely not a ritual to perform. It's not, uh, it's not about... Um, going through the motions, and a lot of us are good at that. You know, we know how to do that to survive in the world. We can just go through the motions to get by. I, I know that I was taught this, you know, from a child, like many of you, but um, I was thinking this morning about how my dad used to stick me on a chair um, in the, the train station of our town. My dad was like... Um, kind of like the mayor type guy. And uh, I would, he would put me on a chair when I was really little. I had to play the violin for like special events. And I hated it so much. Um, I know he was just proud of me, but um, I learned to perform. And I think we have all learned to perform in, in ways that um, probably hinder our growth. And so I want to say that that's not what we're trying to do at all by observing Lent. 
Um, in fact, our theme is our theme is that we need to feel it because we're trying to get away from all that. <laughs> Here we go. Sorry, we're trying to get away from. Um, we want to get beyond going through the motions. Because Jesus is Lord, there is no need to keep up appearances. We're not doing a religion. We're not enslaved to any tradition. Jesus came to provide a way for us to actually know God, to be one with him in love, and to be one with others in love. So that, that's what we're actually trying to do. And I think we actually want to do that. And so the invitation is to know God and even feel it with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That, and that includes our bodies. Um, our whole selves are designed to know God and be united with God. So what we need to feel, most of all, I think, is that oneness with God, this Lent. That's what we're going for. It's, it's not, this year it's not, you know, we put up black around the room, um, every year to kind of remind us of our brokenness and uh, give us space to kind of grieve the darkness of the world and the darkness we feel. We, 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 we're going to go there this Lent, but I think more than that, what we really ultimately need to feel is our oneness with God. And so I want to talk about a practical way to do that tonight through centering prayer or contemplative prayer. So I hope this can be like a tool for your tool belt. Our goal is to get to the center of, um, of this circle here in Lent. Friar uh, Thomas Keating gives us this way to think about our consciousness. That place in the middle there is, the, is, is this place of deep love and belonging that is kind of untouched. It's this place we can live with God that, that is really untouched by any of the conflicts that we face. And I think that we can learn to live out of that place um, and be directed from that place. And so our whole lives can kind of flow out from that center. That's the idea. But without spiritual training and practice... Most of us live in that ordinary awareness, that outside edge. That's just like the normal functioning zone of the human mind. It's like the place of our perception um, and thoughts and um, memories and associations. Another name for it is egoic thinking because it's how, it's, it's how we first get like a sense of ourselves in the world. But the thing is that our ordinary awareness is so prone to, to fear, to our desires, um, anxiety, our, our, our issues, <laughs> and um, so prone to what some psychologists call monkey mind, like our thoughts just jumping around from like one, one fear or desire to the next. That's normal life in, in ordinary awareness. Someone wrote that, um, someone said somewhere that it, it's impossible for the human mind to concentrate on one thing for more than two minutes. And I've tried this out, and I think, I think they're right. Um, if, you can break, if you can break that record, though, if you can prove me wrong about that during Lent, that would be awesome. So I think we should, 
I think we should try to. But our minds tend to just jump around in, in, as a normal thing. But I think that's exactly why we need to try to bust through that ordinary awareness and into the spiritual awareness because the surface level of our minds are, are going to keep us hopping around from one fear to the next. And so the invitation to contemplative prayer is learning to stick a, put a stick in the spoke of that wheel of egoic thinking get into the awareness that God is with us. And every, everybody has this spiritual awareness on some level. Um, it's not some, like, rarefied, holy thing that is just reserved for monks or something. Um, you can probably remember a time when you were a kid and you were suddenly aware that, like, something, there's something bigger than us that is wonderful. And you probably couldn't, couldn't name it uh, at the time, but that's, that's spiritual awareness. For me, that happened like when I was out in creation. I, w I would often um, climb the trees and just kind of sit up there and uh, feel the wind. I had this sense that there was something bigger than me that was like creating all this beauty and and making everything work together. That's spiritual awareness. It's, it's beyond like objective knowing. In spiritual awareness, we, we have this sense of the whole, that like we, we have this um, intuition that everything's connected, because it is, <laughs> even ourselves, and we're, we're part of this bigger thing. So that's, that, and that's what we're doing this Tuesday at Worship Relief, what Annie was talking about, where we're, um, I think we need more opportunities to develop and to rest in our spiritual awareness because this is the place where a, a new sense of self gets born, uh, a self that is not plagued by the sense of isolation and anxiety that dominates our minds at that level of ordinary awareness. And I think that's exactly why Jesus told Nicodemus that he had to be born from above. You remember this guy? Jesus told him he had to be reborn from the spirit. He, he was a guy who came to Jesus at night, like on the down low, because he, he was a religious leader who was already supposed to have all the answers. This guy like knew how to go through the motions and that's what, he was, that's what he was doing religiously. He was just going through the motions. But I think his spiritual awareness was kicking in, and he wanted to know more. And so I, I love this picture because he's even, like, whispering to Jesus. I, I think he's embarrassed to have questions. But because they're beyond his normal capacity. And, of course... Jesus thinks that's great, and he, he gives Nicodemus an equally mysterious answer, and I think that those answers lead us into our spiritual awareness. We must be born again. Jesus is saying you have to learn a whole new way of thinking and acting and being in the world through the Spirit. <laughs>
This is beyond your ordinary awareness and all your self-reliant habits and traditions. But the good news, Jesus is saying, is that you can trust me to do this for you. You can trust me to do this work in you and to bring it to completion. And right here in this moment, that's where we get the, John, the famous John 3.16 verse, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him won't die, but instead is going to have eternal life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So in our spiritual awareness, we do have that sense of Jesus there at the center, kind of holding everything together, and he, even holding us together when we feel like fragments. That's the divine awareness um, that God, that somehow mysteriously we are in God and God is in us. And it, it's not that we are God. I want to make that clear. We are not God. But God is amazingly like making a home in us and we in him. I really like how, uh, I like how Thomas Merton says it. He says, at the center of our being is a point of nothingness which is untouched by sin and illusion, a point of pure truth, a point or spark which belongs entirely to God, which is never at our disposal, from which God disposes of our lives, which is inaccessible to the fantasies of our own mind or the brutalities of our own will. This little point of nothingness and of absolute poverty is the pure glory of God written in us as our poverty, as our indigence, as belonging to God, as children. It is like a pure diamond blazing with the invisible light of heaven. It is in everybody, and if we could see it, we would see these billions of points of light coming together in the face and blaze of a sun that would make all the darkness and cruelty of life vanish completely. I have no program for this seeing. It is only given, but the gate of heaven is everywhere. Thomas Merton, if Thomas Merton is too mystical for you, that's okay. But I think he's on, he's on to a good reason to put a stick, that, a stick in the wheel of our ordinary awareness. This Lent, through contemplative prayer, whatever else you might want to try, um, and that reason is that this place with God there in the middle is a place where you are unbelievably okay, no matter what you are going through. You are unbelievably okay. And I think that we need to sink, sink into that reality. I used to rock climb. This is not me, though. Um, <laughs> but, and I think I told you guys this before, but my most fun and successful climbs were when I would imagine that I was like one with the rock. I would imagine that like we were like, you know, magnetically united or something and I, I wasn't gonna fall off. And um, that would help me to, to like, you know, push away the fear and just happily climb on. I think that contemplative prayer is way better than that because it's not a mind trick. It's actually getting into reality. Um, it's a gateway to the reality that God is present, present to our pain and suffering.
present to our goals and desires and unmet desires, present with compassion and insight and even healing. And the more we practice, I think the more we can learn to live in this place of abundance and share it. Another part of the good news um, is that you can really do contemplative prayer wherever you are. I really like silence, but you don't need a you don't need a perfectly silent prayer uh, place to try it. It just involves like picking a word or uh, a phrase. I really like the Jesus prayer, just repeating it in your mind, having yourself return, try, returning to that prayer, to that phrase or that word. Um, when you when you sense your mind wandering, and your mind will wander, but the 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 that's okay. That's even good because the invitation is to return, to come back to that place, and the and the that you keep coming back is how is how you learn to get beyond that egoic thinking and into this p- place with God. I think that. Um, it's a good way to get to that stillness with God where we know that there's hope for us and that there's hope for ev- everybody else. And I think we really need, the world really needs hope right now, doesn't it? Hope is really important right now. On Friday, um, lots of students in Philly walked out of school um, to put on this protest at Love, uh, Love Park. They were protesting climate change and I was um, I was struck by one of their posters. There were there were several things like this, but I was reading today that scientists predict that 143 more million people will be displaced by the effects of global warming by 2050, and that's I think that's kind of a low estimate. My teacher friends tell me about the rising numbers of depressed and anxious elementary school kids and su- uh, with suicidal ideation. People are feeling pretty hopeless in lots of other places and other ways, too. My point in saying all that is that we have hope to share. We have real hope to share. And I think we'll be better able to share it if we ourselves live in that place of hope, if we can sink into reality a little more deeply this season, this reality that, that God is with us, that God is making all things new in spite of what we see around us, and that we are going to be okay. I think this is why Paul writes... I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. That rooted and established is what we're talking about this Lent. May have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Let's pray together. Jesus, I pray that you would um, bring us into that place of hope this season, no matter what we're facing 
bring us into the reality, the awareness that you came into the world to save it and that you intend on saving it, that you will bring all this to completion. And we don't know how, but we're trusting you for that. And I know that we can trust you each day for our daily bread. I pray that you would give it to us, that we could share it with each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.